been seen on CNBC, the Fox News Channel, and the Fox Business Channel. His articles can be found on MarketWatch, Seeking Alpha, TheStreet.com, and many other places. He's the author of the weekly Best Stocks Now newsletter and the inventor of the Best Stocks Now app. He's president of Gunderson Capital Management. Here is professional money manager, Bill Gunderson. And welcome to the uh, Thursday. It is the Thursday edition of the Best Stocks Now show with professional money manager Bill Gunderson, president of Gunderson Capital Management, a fee-based nationwide money management firm. And uh, I've got Barry Kite, our chartered financial analyst and certified financial planner. He'll be... uh, He'll be uh, checking in here in a moment. We've got the Dow off to a good start here this morning. It's up 157 points. It's at 33,202. The NASDAQ is up 74 points, uh, helped by uh, NVIDIA and the chip stocks today. The NASDAQ is uh, at 11,576. The S&P 500 is up 29 points which puts it back above 4,000. We're at 4,019. Uh, the small caps are up 1%, so definitely a bit of a risk-on day after a horrible day on Tuesday and kind of a flat day yesterday. Crude oil getting some uh, lift here this morning. The crude oil stock's doing fairly well. Uh, crude is up $1.78 to $75.73. I believe Morgan Stanley up their... Uh, Global demand forecast uh, greatly uh, for this year, and we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, we've got gold uh, down uh, a little bit. Gold is at, uh, let's see, gold down about oh about $12 per uh, ounce, and the 10-year is down two basis points to 3.90. So welcome to the Best Stocks Now show uh, with the uh, professional money manager Bill Gunderson, president of Gunderson Capital Management. Uh, and I'm here with Barry Kite, our chartered financial analyst. And uh, Barry, I think the biggest story of the day first off is uh, the Fed minutes that came out. Was that yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah, around 2 p.m. yesterday, of course. You know, I think the main point there is, you know, they're, they're continued to highlight the spots that, uh, you know, really the same message. I mean, it's really, you know, employment, right, is, is kind of the, you know, really the stickiest part of the inflation picture. And they've seen, you know, after, you know, they, they have seen, you know, some uptick in, in inflation. I think our PC, I think the PCE index uh, that, that came out today kind of shows that a little bit as well. And as well as another, you know, good job was claims report, which was today's news. But, you know, we'll get to today's news later. But, uh, you know, yesterday really it kind of seemed to me a bit of a non-event, really because there's been so much data that's came out even between those uh, those meetings. That's what I thought, too. And I read the uh, highlights of uh, the uh, Fed men. And it's, I saw nothing that changed my mind that uh, I think uh, we're going to end somewhere in the 5.25 area. They're going to pause, uh, assimilate it for a little while, see uh, what inflation does. Uh, and, uh, you know, the market did sell off a little bit after the Fed minutes. We had kind of a good day going on. I mean, a decent day. And then when those Fed minutes came out, uh, the market did sell off. The Dow did end down 84 points. Uh, the NASDAQ held on to a 15-point gain yesterday. 
And uh, the 10-year did go down three basis points. Okay, we topped out at 3.96. Now we're at 3.90 today. So now we're down six basis points. Uh, Hopefully we saw the peak uh, in that rise in interest rates, which began back on February 2nd. We went from 3.33 to 3.96, and that took some wind out of the uh, sales of uh, the market, especially in the NASDAQ, which had gotten off to a good start. The NASDAQ was up about 12%, 13% in January, but maybe this little sell-off uh, is uh, now over, uh, and uh, we can start making some constructive uh, gains in the market once again. Today we got GDP. We'll get to that in a bit. We got initial jobless claims, and uh, we only have one speaker today from the Fed, okay? And I hope uh, that he just kind of soft uh, tiptoes through the through the tulips there today and doesn't get too harsh on uh, inflation. And we got five speakers tomorrow, so get oh, ready. Oh, good. So, yeah, five, between yeah, 10 15, uh, we got two of them speaking at the same time at 10 15. I don't know how that works, but, uh, you know, I don't know if they talk over each other, if they're in different places, or if they're on a panel or what, but we've got five folks speaking uh, tomorrow at the Tulio. To okay. stay off the week. But. Now, I would say the number one story here uh, from today. For me, well, first we'll give the GDP report. I think there's a bigger story than GDP. The GDP uh, was adjusted once again. Uh, where did I put it that? Looks like yeah, adjusted downward. I think it was at 2.9. It came in at 2.7 with this uh, with this revision. So a little little slower than, uh, yes. than expected. But remember, you got to have two quarters in a row of negative uh, GDP for there to be a recession. And all these calls for a recession in the first part of 2023, uh, that doesn't look like that's uh, in the cards for now because you had 2.7% growth. Uh, it did, the, I did notice that the uh, P, what is it, the PCE came in a little bit. It was expected to come in at 3.5 and it came in at 3.7. Yeah, it came in, those PCE numbers did come in a, a bit hotter, uh, than, I, than I think expected. The trick there is trying to interpret the data because they've re, kind of reconfigured some of the, remember they can reconfigured part of the CPI, uh, this last reading and I think they reconfigured part of the PCE. So it's kind of hard, uh, it's a bit difficult to pick apart if, uh, you know, if it's uh, if it's just a change in the in you know in, in the in the construction, or if it's you know, it, or if it came in hotter than expected. <laughs> so. Yes, exactly. And then the other one, of course, the uh, jobless claims come in every Thursday. Man, I'll tell you what, that jobs market is stubborn. <laughs> Isn't yeah? It's right. uh, <laughs> it's hard to get anybody to come do work uh, on your home if you need a little work done. Uh, it's hard to get work if you own a restaurant to get workers. It's just uh, it, it is a very tight labor market, uh, whether it's by design, I don't know. But, I mean, it's definitely driving wages uh, higher, and uh, that's the really stubborn piece of inflation, and it continues to be stubborn. Now, for today, the story of the day for me is NVIDIA. And uh, we do own NVIDIA, and NVIDIA's earnings last night, uh, have lit a fire under the uh, the chip stocks here today. NVIDIA had blowout numbers. We own NVIDIA in our ultra-growth portfolio. Even though it's a mega-cap stock, it's a half a trillion dollars. It's $580 billion. 
we don't own it in our large cap growth uh, portfolio. We probably should, but you know it's volatile. It's well, really own, volatile. Yeah, and you own you know AMD and ASML, some I other own, names yes. that uh, that that give you exposure, just not specifically yes. Nvidia. And I and, and Nvidia of the three, ASML and AMD and Nvidia. Nvidia is by far the most volatile. So I already have some pretty decent exposure. You know, I keep my portfolios to about 20 stocks, you know, and, the, and the, the best of the best. Yeah, and it has the highest P of those three, too. 62 uh, yeah. PE ratio. But NVIDIA, look at NVIDIA. I mean, it has just blasted off here, and uh, it's kind of gaining steam. Maybe it's hitting the top for the day, but it's up uh, It's up $30 a share. And, and did so in you know actually revenue was was down from the quarter prior right from the uh, you know from the from the in and earnings were down from the time prior mainly because of those uh, you know gaming remember the the, the you know, gaming side of things of course you had a lot of those earnings pull forward uh, during covid and so that's been a weak part of it uh, but you know the strength was in that uh, I believe in the and with the kind of their data, you know data center section I think they had eleven percent growth and that's actually where the uh, where the chat GBT, uh, GPT, and uh, you know, in the uh, uh, and those types of uh, those types of chips come into play. That's the key AI. I mean, they yep. think that we're right on the cusp here of AI. Now we bought Nvidia back on January the 18th of this year. You know, we avoided the chip stocks for the most part in 2022 because of the rising interest rate environment, which was hostile to high PE stocks. I started seeing beyond the rate hikes from the Fed uh, in late December and started uh, shopping uh, for, uh, you know, some of the great high P.E. stocks, best stocks of today. And NVIDIA, without question, NVIDIA also saw a rebound in the gaming market. So, uh, you know, that between gaming and uh, artificial intelligence, uh, that really lit the fire under NVIDIA. So we bought it at 174.83. Nvidia is now at 237. That means that since January the 18th, uh, we have a pretty nice gain there. We have a gain of uh, 36%, and it's now uh, a 6% overall position in our ultra growth portfolio, which currently has 16 stocks in it. And uh, our ultra growth portfolio, which obviously was the toughest spot to be last year we held up okay last year but this year obviously uh, it's the hot uh, portfolio yeah, nvidia now up 35.6 percent since our january 18th uh, purchase but i want to go over a little bit more of their report and uh, the stocks that are being lifted with it when we come back Show with uh, professional money manager Bill Gunnerson and uh, Barry Kite, our charter financial analyst. I just want to go back to the Nvidia story here. Nvidia reported earnings that beat by eight cents. Their revenue uh, came in at six billion dollars for the quarter, which beat by thirty million. 
And here's what NVIDIA said. Artificial intelligence is at an inflection point. Uh, Chief Executive Jensen Wang left no doubt regarding where he sees the biggest opportunity for the graphics chip maker. And it all starts with the letters A-I. Artificial intelligence. And, uh, of course, uh, that's good news, too, for uh, uh, Microsoft. Yeah, and it could turn in. I think you know eventually Google will obviously get their act together on their uh, rollout that flopped in France. Uh, Wang you would expect so. Of course, yeah. that's what Intel. That's what Intel's thought for about ten years. <laughs> yeah, Wang made his comments while on a conference call to discuss Nvidia's results and business outlook. So anyways, uh, he says the accumulation of technological breakthroughs has brought artificial intelligence to an inflection point. So that, uh, they're, you know, they're on the cutting edge. They're, they're the ones that are positioned along with the AMD uh, and ASML. AMD is up today uh, 4%, just 4%. Uh, you've got ASML, the big uh, lithography company. Uh, out of uh, the Netherlands, it's up 1.8% today. And, of course, somebody's got to make the chips. NVIDIA does not make their chips. Uh, Taiwan Semiconductor is up 5% today. Oh, that's another chip stock we own. In the We own, uh, yeah. in our large cap growth portfolio, we own three. We own AMD, ASML, and oh, we own four. I won't disclose the other one, but we, all, we own four. Uh, so 25% of our uh, large cap growth portfolio is in the chips, and the chips are in today. They're doing quite well. And then there's another one in Taiwan. Uh, a uh, Let's see. i got to think of the symbol here for a minute. Uh, it is uh, because we own that one, too. It's much smaller. ASX. Uh, ASX is also, I want to say, in Taiwan. Yeah, in Taiwan. They're a smaller version of uh, of, uh, of of Taiwan Semiconductor. It's up 3%. So the chips are leading the way today in the market on this news from NVIDIA. Now, <clears throat> the other company reporting earnings, and I've been warning these Tesla wannabes, they got an uphill battle. Number one, you've got Tesla with a huge, 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 huge lead in uh, the electric EV market. You've got Mercedes-Benz coming in, joining the fray big time. You've got BMW coming in and joining the fray big time. You've got GM. You've got Ford. And for these little Rivians and Lucid Motors, they've got an uphill climb. Some of them just are not going to make it. Lucid is down 18%. They reported uh, earnings. uh, Well, they have no earnings. They won't have earnings for a long time, if they ever do. And I seriously mean that. Now, yes, their sales are growing. I mean, they're up against very small comparisons, and they're selling their cars. uh, But their Q4 deliveries fell short of exports. I have not seen a Lucid car. Have you seen a Lucid car yet? I think I, I think I saw one, and I wasn't. I'm still not sure if it was a Lucid car or not. It was. It was one of those things where you kind of drive by, and I'm like, I think that's what was it, that? but I don't know. But yeah. yeah, I mean, when you look at deliveries, I mean, this is and this is what we kind of hit on, you know, with Tesla is. I mean, you know, 
they were, I can remember when, you know, they were delivering, you know, 3,000, 5,000 vehicles, right? And, and you know, in, in, in it wasn't, what in a crowded space? I mean, now you've got, you know, still, you've got the, you know, the large automakers entering the EV space. You've, you know, you've got Tesla, who's far beyond, um, you know, most. And then, of course, you know, Lucid, I think they delivered, you know, so they delivered 1,932 vehicles in the fourth quarter. They made 3,400 vehicles. I mean, you know, when you're when you're when your vehicle numbers come out and, and isn't a round number, it's like thirty four ninety three, right. which means you're just trying to get every vehicle you can count yep. for, for for your for they, your earnings. No, well, they were nine hundred <laughs> short of what they were supposed to. They're supposed to deliver two thousand eight hundred and thirty one. They manufacture their cars in Arizona. Uh, they expect annual production in 2023 of 10,000 to 14,000 vehicles. Well, so, you know, I mean, it's out there on the edge where, uh, you know, the, the Kathy Wood type stocks, ARC funds, uh, it is a, uh, you know, an innovation stock that may or may not make it someday, but they're off to a sl- tough start so far. Well, There's here. A- and here's some here's an interesting number, Bill. It's like they've got you know a hundred and a hundred thousand of their uh, um, you know they've, they've got deliveries or, or potential orders right from Saudi Arabia, and then they've got another twenty eight thousand in reservations. So they got one hundred twenty eight thousand uh, reservations. They only expect to make ten to fourteen thousand vehicles in twenty twenty three. That's a big problem. A lot of people are going to want their money back from their reservation. Okay, then you go even deeper down the assembly line to Lordstown Motors. That's the one that uh, Trump, uh, I think, visited uh, there in Ohio. They have a they have a plant that was, you know, left uh, in Lordstown, Ohio, by GM, and in comes Lordstown Motors to make their trucks. That's been nothing but just a disaster. That stock was thirty one at one time. Now it's a dollar eleven, uh, hanging wow. on to uh, hanging on to. To life there. Where's Nickel at? <laughs> Man, I'll tell you, that's just uh, not good there at Lordstown Motors. Okay, so now, Lucid Motors would be another big story. And then, of course, uh, another big story. We You always got to look at that uh, geopolitical front, unfortunately. But the Chi- China-Russia trade has soared since the invasion of Ukraine. Well, you know, this new world order, supposed new world order, I don't know if it's supposed to have China and Russia uh, being these, uh, being a big dominant superpower as they combine forces. Uh, and Beijing has become Moscow's largest buyer of oil. So while we're putting all these sanctions on Russian oil, uh, Beijing is buying it, uh, which, of course, oil is a key source of Kremlin revenue. Uh, Russia-China hailed their ties at a high-profile meeting between Putin and uh, Wang Yi. Uh, uh, so anyways, of course, and over in Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky has warned that China allying itself with Russia would mean World War Three. Okay, on that note, are we at the break? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, please. we'll concentrate uh, yeah, on that get... one there as we, as, as we go to break. Uh you know, we've heard a lot of people saying that recently. I've heard it a few times. And Vla- Vla- Voldemar Zelensky uh, said it here recently. We'll be right back. <laughs> Music. 
This is Bill Gunderson. Thank you for tuning in to today's Best Stocks Now, Best Inverse Funds Now show. I put several hours of research in during the wee hours of the morning each day to bring you the very best cutting-edge stories that I can. To get two free weeks of my newsletter, go to GundersonCapital.com. To talk to us about our fee-based only money management services, call us at 855-611-BEST. Now, back to the second half of the show. And welcome back here to the uh, second uh, half of today's Best Stocks Now show where, uh, you know, we have a little bit of hangover from yesterday's, uh, you know, uh, minutes, Fed minutes. We have the GDP that came in, uh, revised downwards a little bit, 2.7, but it doesn't seem like uh, we're headed into a recession. We continue to have a very tight labor market, uh, and that continues to, uh, you know, affect, impact inflation uh so uh you know we we still think that the fed will halt their hike somewhere in the five and a quarter to 5.375 now one person said that was bullard uh and uh that uh, should help it's continuing to help and of course you had this big blowout earnings report from nvidia uh, which is lifting the chip stocks today. And oil's up almost $2 per barrel. The oil stocks are having a fairly decent day. Why? Morgan Stanley gives big boost to global oil demand outlook. Well, we've been talking a lot about China reopening. That's impacted copper. Uh, it's impacted iron ore. It's impacted steel. It's impacted uh, uh, aluminum. Uh, it has not really impacted oil yet, uh, but uh, Morgan Stanley is raising their forecast for global oil demand, and I think that's probably what's behind it. Uh, they're saying that uh, they're forecasting oil uh, to about 90 to $100. Uh, that's uh, Morgan Stanley's opinion. Now, one that I did see today that caught my eye because it's been blasted here recently. We owned it last year and did really well with Chenier Energy. Chenier is the leader when it comes to liquid natural gas, LNG. And, in fact, Chenier's biggest problem is they don't have enough product. There's more demand for their product than they have uh, product. And so they're doing a big expansion on their uh, facility uh, down at the Sabine Pass Terminal uh, in Louisiana. But, man, did you see the earnings report from Chenier today? Now, we don't currently own Chenier. Chenier's been under heavy pressure. Yeah, the whole natural gas space, and you pointed this out earlier in the week, is you know it's really kind of been in, a, in, in somewhat of an upheaval because you've got, I mean, of course, you know our, our our listeners in 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 Minneapolis and Minnesota area don't think of, you know don't think it's a mild winter. It's a warm, mild after, winter. Yeah, after a <laughs> foot and a half of snow uh, in the last day or two, but um, but in reality, right, it's been a, a mild winter across you know Europe uh, in the U.S. and 
uh, natural gas prices have really, uh, you know, really re- reflected that. Um, you know, and they had a lot of their, you know, a lot of their, I think a lot of their uh, earnings pulled forward while, you know, Europe was stocking up uh, on liquid natural gas, uh, you know, this past summer, uh, getting ready for uh, getting ready for the winter. Chenier had absolute blowout earnings. They made $15.78 for the quarter. $15.78. That blows NVIDIA's earnings out of the water. Chenier is up 8.6%, five times normal volume. Uh, It's up $13 per share. The symbol is LNG. Uh, they've had three quarters in a row where they've lost, not actually two out of four, but their, their sales have been growing just exponentially. And now they begin the permitting for a major LNG expansion. Of course, that's going to take time. I mean, they're going to have to invest some money, but they certainly got the, the profits here to put that money back into uh, their business in expanding their business, and of course, Chenier is is shipping this gas uh, to uh, Europe instead of Europe, you know, mining and or, or drilling for their own natural gas. I'm sure they have plenty in Europe. Uh, they were dependent upon Russia, and we know what happened to Russia's uh, pipeline. Uh, and so, in the interim, Chenier has been a major supplier to uh, to uh, Europe. And, of course, the demand uh, is there. So, Chenier may be a play again here. you got to kind of watch. I kind of think that natural gas prices have bottomed. I, You know, they just plunged. If you look at a uh, chart of UNG, oh, my gosh. It was just straight down from last August uh, to about uh, a few days ago, really. Uh, UNG has been in just a dive. Yeah, we've gotten a couple of emails just from 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 clients and uh, and subscribers. Hey, uh, you know, in, in showing that chart where where it was, like, is it is it a no brainer time to hop in? And it's like, well, well, it's a it's a commodity, and so it can go, it can be volatile in both directions. So. I I personally bought a little bit of boil. Okay, that's that's the one that's two times natural gas because I I feel the same way. I mean, how much? What's it going to do? Go to zero? I suppose it could. Oil went to zero and below there for a while, but, uh, you know, we'll just watch. It does seem to be putting in some kind of a sideways formation, bottoming formation. Uh, it's up uh, today, uh, but uh, Chenier is, the, is definitely the natural gas stock, and Devon Energy would be another one, APA. Uh, we did well with those last year. Now, Microsoft unveils their new AI-powered Bing. Now, okay, you're keeping keep me posted on that. They've unveiled apps of the new artificial-powered versions of its Bing search engine and Edge web browser for both iOS. Well, that's uh, that's Apple and Android. Mm-hmm. Because we know 64% of searches occur on mobile phones. Man, I never do a search on my mobile phone. It's too difficult. But that's where it happens. We are releasing all new Bing and Edge mobile apps to serve as your co-pilot for the web, even when you are away from your desktop. 
Well, we'll have to try it. I mean, I'll have to put, you can install the Bing uh, app uh, on your uh, Apple iPhone. Of course, you've got to have the Edge web browser. What's uh, Safari is Apple's web browser. Yeah, and I, yeah, at least on my phone, I don't even, uh, I guess it is just a Safari web browser. I guess I guess it's a new well, app. Well, you got to download the Edge web browser. Yeah. You can do that. I have a, a few web browsers on my phone. Uh, and uh, in addition to bringing its chat GPT-powered features to its search engine and web browser apps, its Skype app would also get a new chat experience powered by AI. Well, NVIDIA, uh, AMD, ASML, Microsoft, they seem to take the lead right now in artificial intelligence. Now, here's one more story. Apple needs something. Apple has slowed down. Do you know that over the next five years, Apple's expected growth is 8% per year? 8% per year? And they're, of course, growing that off of a, a pretty big base. But, yeah. but that, that makes Still, it, it difficult for yeah. any significant capital appreciation going forward. Well, they're going to shake up the glucose monitoring market, but we'll see. I mean, that Dexcom was one of the greatest stocks we ever found several mm-hmm. years ago. Uh, with their revolutionary continuous glucose monitoring system, uh, which was a big blessing for <coughs> people with the diabetes. Yeah, them and insulin together was basically like an artificial pancreas. I had a guy visiting my house, and uh, we were uh, doing a little fishing, and he took off his shirt, and he had <coughs> these things glued, all not glued, but taped to him. He had an insulin, and he had a... Uh, Dexcom, which is basically an artificial pancreas. Yeah. Well, we'll see if there's room there for Apple, but that's that's their next uh, venture. Yeah, testing it from the watch. <laughs> so it'll be pretty interesting to see how they blend in. I mean, they've had you know for for you know years now, like kind of the EKG. Remember they had the EKG monitor that you could kind of plug into your uh, iPad at one point early on. Um, so they've you know they've really kind of you know. It, you know, their devices, I mean, I was reading something, their device business is like a Fortune, you know, like a Fortune 100 company if you split off yes. just, uh, you know, just the earbud, you know, the the, the AirPods and, and, and the watch and all the wearables that they have. So. Yes. <clears throat> well, a favorite from the past isn't doing so well. <clears throat> Teladoc has never become profitable, and it, that's still a big, big uh, holding over at uh, ARC Funds. Kathy Wood, she's down 3% today. Teladoc's down 14% after a big Q4 miss. And that chart is just, I mean, look at that chart. Ugly. It's been really flat. I mean, it's just basically flat since, uh, you know, since uh, May. This was a $308 stock during COVID. Now it's a $25 stock. You think there was just a little bit of fluff built into the market during that 2020 COVID year? Well, we've given you example after example of stocks that have just been pummeled since then. And for good reason, they don't have any earnings. Okay, what's moving today? We'll be right back. And 
Welcome back here to the final segment of today's Best Stocks Now show, where it now appears that the, the market has given up its gains. I'll tell you what, you talk about uh, volatility. <laughs> you have intra, intra-week volatility, intra-month, intra-show. We've got a new uh, one, intra-show volatility. We'll create <laughs> well, what, an indicator for that. Yeah, one of the Fed speakers you know, started at 10.50, so I don't know what oh, came out in the those first guys. minute. I don't, know what, I don't know what came out in the first minute. I think we'll they just... Out. I think they buy some inverse funds and then go out there and start blabbing their mouth about inflation and the Fed's going to have to blah, 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 and watch make money while their, uh, while their inverse funds go up. Well, okay, well, let's As much as they're talking, I hope they get a payment fee, right, for the speaking fee for as, much, as yeah, many times as they're on. Yeah, and they get a payment on. fee. Yeah, hopefully they do for, uh, for, you know, for a speaking engagement. I don't know. Bostic. Isn't it Bostic <laughs> I think Bostic speaking, speaking currently. I think, I think maybe even, I think I saw maybe even Mary Daly is going to be speaking later on this oh, afternoon, and then, good. of course, five more tomorrow. So, well, good. All right, now then the Dow, <clears throat> the leaders, the oil stocks are are, are pretty good today. Exxon up one point four percent. Microsoft having a good day because it's tied to Nvidia uh, and the AI. Microsoft up one point four percent. Merck up one point two percent. Chevron up one point one percent. Boeing up one percent. Uh, the two biggest losers on the Dow are down just a little bit. Disney has really pulled back here. Disney's down 1.1%. You know, I think I think uh, investors want to see the turnaround. Iger has got to turn that thing around. There still seems to be a lot of hangover stuff from, from the last guy that's not really popular with... Uh, with families across America, Disney's down 1.1 percent today. Walmart's down 1.1 percent after a pretty good earnings report, their biggest quarter in history, right? <laughs> Which is saying something about a company who's been around as long as Walmart has. Now, the S&P 500. Hey, we're proud to say we have the biggest winner in the S&P 500. One of the biggest winners in the market today in Nvidia. Uh, 14.5%. And then, of course, uh, the uh, a few other chip stocks, uh, AMD up 4.4%. Uh, oil stocks, Kotira. It's, you know, the natural gas stocks are having a pretty good day today. I would think it's because of uh, Chenier's uh, big blowout earnings and a little bit of a rise uh, in natural gas, which is up about 2.5% today. Uh, Kotira is up 6.8. It's got some natural gas exposure. And APA, one that we owned last year, is up 4.1%. They also reported earnings. Uh, then the fertilizer stocks uh, having a decent day. They, uh, <clears throat> they've been pretty flat, though. You know, I continue to watch them every day. Uh, you've got... Uh, You've got several of those Nutrien and uh, CF Industries and Corteva. Mosaic uh, reported yesterday. Mosaic's up 3% uh, today in the S&P 500. On the downside in the S&P 500, Domino's Pizza down 10.8%. I guess their delivery business is way down. And that's because QSR has their uh, their turnaround specialist. Yes, and uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, our friend Patrick, uh, <laughs> right. I can't think of his so last I, name, yeah, the top of my head, moved over to uh, QSR, 
which is Tim Hortons, uh, Burger King, and Burger King. Uh, Popeyes. And yeah. Popeyes. There's the three. Food I think rooms. they added one more too. Maybe Firehouse Subs. No, I don't know. I yes, I think you're right. Firehouse that's Subs. That's the most recent addition. And they've got the the turnaround expert that turned Domino's around several years ago. I mean, we're talking six, seven years ago. Patrick Doyle. Yeah. Uh, Moderna's down 6.8%. Well, Moderna needs a, a, a pandemic. Uh, we've got <coughs> Dollar General down 4.6%. Those dollar stores, they were some of the biggest winners <coughs> many years ago, maybe 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, it's like a fifty store now, though, isn't it? Yeah, we had one in San Diego, the 99-cent-only store, that kind of started the whole craze, it seems like. And uh, they were eventually bought out. And then the Dollar Tree came along. I wrote up Dollar Tree in my book back in 2013. That was another big winner that we found early on. Uh, and then Dollar General came along, and they bought out Family Dollar, uh, but now it's a pretty saturated uh, market. Uh, you see Dollar General almost every small town uh, throughout the South. Dollar General's down 4.6. I don't know what's going on at Netflix, but Netflix is down 4.4%. I'm thinking probably a downgrade. Yeah, I think they're doing some. I think they're doing some. They're they're trying to kind of balance growth and revenue. I think they've. I think at least globally they've reduced some pricing to try to get some more subscribers. Um, not here in the U.S. I think they've only increased here, but overseas it has to do with essentially uh, you know giving up some uh, some margin to get some uh, new subscriber growth. And don't be sharing your password now. I know they've cracked down on that. <laughs> QQQ, the Nasdaq, Nvidia, biggest winners. Dish Networks is up 7.2. That kind of surprises me. AMD up 4.4. Synopsys, a very good chip stock, up 3.1. And Micron up 2.4. On the downside, you know, it was once a great stock, uh, uh, eBay. But, you know, they just really, uh, in fact, Meg Whitman ran for governor of California one time. She was the CEO of eBay for a while. Yeah, didn't she? Didn't she make a? Didn't she, didn't she have her patent in the presidential run <laughs> she for might a moment? Have, I think for a, a short while. Uh, eBay has just been a flatline stock for years, uh, even though it was a great one of the great inventions of all time. Really, eBay's down seven point four percent today. Uh, and then Dollar Tree, because Dollar General is down, is down uh, four point uh, or one point two percent, two point two percent. All right. Well, I've already have, have put on my uh, newsletter cap and uh, starting to think about uh, what I'll be writing about in this week's newsletter. Uh, interest rates were the big, big uh, topic last week. We've got to watch that tenure. That thing's got to. Stay where it's at in the high threes and uh, 3.9, the high threes, 3.96 it got up to. It needs to stabilize there and it needs to start moving down again. uh, And then uh, we can get some good uh, movement going again in the market to the upside. To get the newsletter, two free weeks, go to GundersonCapital.com to have a chit-chat with us about our different portfolios, six different portfolios to choose from, mix and match. 
uh, go give us a call at 855-611-BEST. That's 855-611-BEST. Have a great day, everybody. This show is not a solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Bill Gunderson or clients of Gunderson Capital Management may have long or short positions in stocks mentioned during the show. Gunderson Capital Management is a fee-based registered investment advisory firm. All accounts are held at Ameritrade. Ameritrade is a member of SIPC and FINRA. 